the guys movie podcast the premiere podcast about hollywood legend sylvester stallone where we go through his filmography in chronological order film by film i'm one of your co-hosts south and i'm the other co-host chris chico tyrell uh-huh yeah yeah I, I see this movie as uh already had a large influence on you it uh I, i've decided i i want my nickname to just everybody has a nickname in this movie except yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Hey, yeah. Well, um, and the movie we're talking about is 1974's Lords of Flatbush. Uh, it's definitely the best movie we've covered so far. By I think. far. It's not even a competition. It's more like. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting going into this movie, but I mm-hmm. did not like it on my first watch. And yeah. it only was until my second watch of this movie that i was like i actually really enjoy this movie yeah lords of flatbush was really was riding the train of 50s nostalgia that uh, happened in the 70s which produced <laughs> happy days which of course will come up here in a minute uh, american graffiti greece and all that like the 50s were just a just a hot property in the 70s it's like the 80s and 90s are now. It's yeah. Just, let's set everything in that time period because everybody doesn't remember all the bad stuff that happened, only yeah. the nice stuff. Yeah. So it's it's the ants to American Graffiti's Bugs Life, East Coast <laughs> yeah. versus West Coast. It really is. Tupac versus Biggie. Uh-huh. Uh, but nobody, as far as I can tell, was killed in a gang war after these movies yeah well you've never heard about the george lucas isn't the real george lucas conspiracy theories but um more on that later i guess <laughs> we're gonna have to dig into that at yeah some point. more more <laughs> on our sister podcast george and the fellas um <laughs> now sly stallone really really chooses to say this is his first movie i mean he doesn't really deny there were films before this but in interviews and stuff this is like his real quote first movie you know like, yeah this is him like didn't he say that he would kind of given up and was like yeah i guess i'm not gonna do acting nobody yeah. really wants me to act in like good stuff and then got yeah. cast in this after the one-two punch of the party at kitty and studs and rebel um no he place did, to hide. Yeah, no place to hide. He decided to uh, throw in the towel. But uh, this movie changed that. Changed all that. This, in fact, yeah. in fact, he kind of argues, and I, and I think it's pretty obvious that this movie really set him down the path that made him who he is today, and you know, is the reason why this podcast exists. Yeah, uh, you know, shaped his his creative process. I think he mentions in some interviews and stuff just how they wrote and rewrote and improvised and rewrote this movie. And uh, I watched an interview with Perry King where they said they were shooting like 14, 15 hour days on this movie, like mm-hmm. back to back to back. Yeah. Um, this is another movie, too, um, that he he actually gets a an additional dialogue credit on this one and it's something that's claimed on the other two movies we've seen that that Stallone also had a hand in 
helping with some of the dialogue. So I guess that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if it's like, he's just really good at it. And everyone's like, man, you know, we can just use some of his dialogue or if he's just like, no, 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 no. Just like start saying lines in the middle of scenes. And they're just like, I, I guess we have to use it, you know? Well, everything I've read says that all four of the Lords of Flatbush didn't drop character through the whole making of the movie. So <laughs> they would, they would arrive on set. Mm-hmm. All of them would arrive in their leather jackets and they would, uh, Perry King mentions that they would in between scenes, like Sly would be around the corner and would pick a fight with somebody as Stanley. And they would all go in and end up getting in fights in between scenes in this movie. Yeah. And Whether so, or not that's true, but yeah. like, yeah. And some would argue that Henry Winkler has never dropped character. Um, but I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Chris, Chris, what's this movie about? Uh, Lords of Flatbush set in 1958 is a coming of age tale that tells the story of just four neighborhood buddies in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. who are just getting in all kinds of old fashioned fun. Some real knuckleheads, real, real ne'er do wells. They're mm. uh, they're stealing cars and teasing nerds, rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> yes and just, that's right everybody here at the Sly and the guys podcast we take a real firm anti-nerd stance so if you're a nerd and you're listening to this get out of here definitely a pro bully podcast. go home to your mothers uh but they just generally give everyone a hard time yeah mm-hmm. everybody literally everybody in this movie just gets a hard time whether you're playing pool in a pool hall or you're just trying to teach a class you're getting a hard time from the lords of flatbush Mm -hmm. uh yeah so we get we have four members of this gang but there's it's really focused on two um chico and stanley and um the other two including henry winkler get a little bit of time but are mostly just like background characters with like one scene each of like um they tease us with like we're gonna teach you more about these guys yeah. and then abandon it, it never happens yeah so it's really interesting starting this movie out um because i noticed that the title when the title comes up it's the lords of flatbush um which are like yeah of course but then like for some reason the um the lords in it has a uh apostrophe yeah it does <laughs> and i i it's it's the decal that's on the back of their leather jackets yeah, uh-huh. and i think it's used to illustrate that these guys might be you know Idiots. the kings of the town but they're not they're not the lords of english class <laughs> and also the title has sac on it which we learn later stands for um social athletic club uh and that's cool and everything i just wish they would have went with that as part of the title too the lords of flatbush sac sac yeah I, I mean, I'm being I think that's a cool title, you know, so that's how we start off. Really, I, I like a good opening title scene with a nice doo-wop soundtrack. I think this this movie has the best soundtrack of the three that we've covered so far. Yes, I agree. Um, it's really cool. And I think that the, I don't I don't have the guy's name, but I'm pretty sure he wrote all those songs like it, it wasn't like they just like went and got a bunch of 50 songs. You know, they uh, they actually just you know wrote their own, which is I think is neat. Yeah, that is really cool. Um so we start off outside of school, mm-hmm. all the lords. We got uh, Chico and Stanley. Mm-hmm. We got Wimpy and we got Butchie, mm-hmm. Butchie Weinstein, mm-hmm. all hanging out outside of school, literally just picking on people as they walk by. Yeah, like stealing people's books and stuff. Uh, Stallone's got a cigarette and a match in his mouth. 
just in case. Yeah. I, and I know it's common in television and movies and everything, but these guys look way too old to be in high school. Um, you know, which is, I know, like, that's a common criticism, but, like, I don't know. I, it maybe is that, like, Stallone doesn't really age. He just gets, <laughs> he just, well, well, I guess we'll get to that in the, when we hit the Expendables, but, you know, he just takes some medicine or something. And Henry Henry Winkler is so iconic, you know, it's just, like, it's hard to take them as high school students for some reason. Right. Uh, that was the first thing I wrote down is just like Greece, like we're supposed to believe these 30 year old men are high schoolers. And I know it's a movie in suspension of disbelief, but these guys look older than I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have, so it has that going for it, you know, um, moving forward, they're just dicks to their teacher. They show up to class late. Yeah. I do like that scene though. Cause as she's calling roll, they each like plan, like they're standing outside the classroom waiting to yeah. walk in the classroom mm-hmm. until their names are called. Yeah. It's really uh, dramatic. I wish we were back in high school. We could do that and be cool. <laughs> I was also interested that like all the, all the names that she calls out are really good. I mean, the, the names in this movie in itself are really good, especially Annie Yacomanelli, which is a <laughs> hell of a name. But also we learn in the scene that the uh, classroom includes, that's right, Futurama's Bender. Uh, time traveling as he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like the teacher, so when they finally show up, they walk in and everything and there's, there's kind of this fifth character. Yeah. He's like the, almost like maybe like the rush or the pledge of the Lords. Cause he shows up a couple of times in the movie, hanging out with them. Yeah. But he's not quite a full fledged Lord yet. I don't <laughs> yeah. think. Has it, has it taken the Lord's exam? <laughs> which, which probably is a real thing in like England. Don't you think? Is that how I was that, thinking more like that, a Catholic school kind of, uh, is that how that works over there? I can't remember. I've never been, so it's not my fault. Uh, but so in the class, they're just cutting up and cutting up, not letting the teacher talk at all. Mm-hmm. She introduced, so they have a new student in class, Jane Bradshaw. She's one of the people they were picking on outside of school. So this new girl at school just can't even catch a break first day getting picked on by, by the cool guys. Yeah. Which once again, we approve of, um, I think I probably would have wanted to be in the Lords. I don't think I was cool enough, but I would have wanted to be accepted by those guys, I think. Yeah, I guess I would too. Not really, though. I don't care. I just want a jacket. Can I just have a jacket? <laughs> you can have my jacket. I just want the hairdo oh, okay. and the yeah. grease in my hair. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Wimpy says something at one point that he he just likes being in a group, so he knows if he gets in a fight, the rest of the guys are going to jump in with him. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. It's that camaraderie of these working class poor kids just like giving everybody a hard time. Yeah. So everybody's cutting up in class. And uh, in my rewatch of the movie, this is where I actually really started falling in love with uh, Sly's character, Stanley, Mm -hmm. is he's a smart ass. But the first time through, you think he's just being an asshole. But the second time through, he's just trying to have a good time. Yeah. He's trying to talk to his girlfriend. I mean, he is a, he is a dick, but he's kind of a lovable dick, especially compared to Chico. Chico is not a lovable dick. Chico's just a dick. Chico is an irredeemable asshole throughout yeah. this whole movie. And to not, his mom, uh, to the teacher, to everybody. And and um, nothing against Perry King, 
This movie is famous for a variety of reasons, but I think the reason it is most important is that supposedly this is the origin of the Richard Gere gerbil in the butt rumor. Now, stay with me here, listeners. Richard Gere was originally cast as Chico in this, but during rehearsals, him and Stallone just didn't get along. And at one point, uh, Richard Gere was in a car with Stallone and he was eating like half of a chicken covered in mustard. And Stallone said, man, you're going to get that chicken all over the place. You better not do that. And Richard Gere was like, shut up, man. I know how to eat a chicken. This is all true. Maybe not verbatim, but I mean, dialogue wise. And sure enough, Richard Gere bit into the chicken, sending mustard and chicken grease all over Stallone's pants. And Stallone just threw him out of the damn car like that. It was parked. And so after that, they, you know, I think Stallone went up to the uh, to the producers, the filmmakers and said, it's either me or him. And they they chose Stallone. So they quickly recast Richard Gere uh, uh, with Perry King in the role as Chico. And supposedly this is the start of a long feud between Stallone and Richard Gere, um, which a theory brings the idea that Stallone after this originally started the decades long rumor that Richard Gere had to go to the hospital to get a gerbil removed from his ass. Now, according to Snopes, there's no real proof of this, but that is, I mean, like everyone's heard that rumor and the idea that Stallone started it over this movie, I think probably ultimately is the, is the reason this movie is most important. That's the largest effect it, it has had on modern culture. I think, which, which I know probably sucks, but like, you know, yeah, let's extrapolate that. Like, we wouldn't get the Lemmy Wink storylines yep. in South Park without this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, to my point, if Richard Gere was cast as Chico, he's a good enough actor where I think the Ch- the character of Chico would have been played a little differently and maybe not, as you called him, an irredeemable asshole. I think <laughs> Richard Gere could have probably done that character and made him a little more understandable and more likable because you know richard gear i mean you know he has that charm you know uh, he's a there's a re- so, uh, reason he was you know in pretty so, woman and all that <laughs> uh i was watching an interview with perry king where he said he originally auditioned for henry winkler's part and that they were doing an improv audition where he came in in character mm-hmm. and was trying to get chico to talk to his girlfriend or or his girl or whatever trying to to get them to make up and just richard gear wasn't biting so then he decided to start making moves on the girlfriend and so perry king says that that's part of why he got chico uh yeah also let me just go ahead and read this full quote from stallone richard was given his walking papers and to this day seriously dislikes me he even thinks i'm the individual responsible for the durable rumor not true but that's the rumor. So that little, but that's the rumor at the end totally makes me believe Stallone started the rumor. That's like OJ's writing his book. Like I didn't do it, but if I did, yeah, but that's the rumor, you know, it's such a Trump line, not to get political, you know, but it's like, like Trump does, you know, where he's like, well, I hear my opponent, you know, spent, you know, seven years in, uh, Indo- Indonesia, like having sex with little boys, I don't, I, don't, know if it's I don't know if it's true, but that's the rumor, you know, like very interesting. 
But anyway, sorry for that that little path down uh, American urban legends and culture. And we welcome it here yeah, at Slime uh-huh. the Guy South. We need more of that. Yeah, especially if it involves gerbils and butts. Uh, where were we? Uh, Stanley being a lovable <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Gets uh-huh. gets kicked out of class. Uh, Chico goes home and changes and is an asshole to his mom. Uh-huh. Uh, his she's mom making him a... really sweet. She's really nice. She's making him a sandwich. And he just drinks milk out of a jug and eats cake right in front of her like while she's making him a sandwich and then leaves without eating the sandwich mm-hmm. and, and she says uh, um, i'm gonna make dinner make sure you're home and he's like i'll be here but you know he's not well absolutely not yeah he cares absolutely zero mm-hmm. for his mom irredeemable asshole but uh one can assume he's pretty good at stickball because he's in a social athletic club <laughs> uh-huh exactly uh we see them playing stickball on the street and some girls walk by and, and they get cat called by, by the Lords. Mm-hmm. But then the girls that belong to the Lords come by and give them a talking to mm-hmm. Franny and Annie. Franny and Annie are my favorite characters in this movie. I, I, I love them both. I really love Annie. Yucca Manelli. <laughs> Half the movie she's wearing curlers in her hair and not like around <laughs> the house, just out and about. I mean, maybe jewelry was, store. Yeah, going out. <laughs> maybe that was the thing in the fifties. I don't know, but I love it. Uh, why can't the hipsters bring that back, huh? I would love to walk around with one match in my mouth, mm-hmm. one cigarette in my mouth, and curlers in my hair. <laughs> you, Chris, you can, you can, my friend. You be yourself. It's twenty twenty. We might not survive. <laughs> much longer this movie has opened my eyes <laughs> yeah. opened so many doors in style to but, me yeah put put curlers in your hair why not hang on let me make a note to put curlers yeah. in my hair so yeah. uh-huh yeah note to self <laughs> you remember the norm mcdonald movie dirty money or no dirty 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 work dirty yeah was it dirty deeds or dirty work i think it's dirty work dirty work yeah but you know he has like a cassette recorder with him the entire time and he's just like note the self and just does like stupid you know yeah you, sh- you should pick that up are you wear the curlers and i'll do the note to self people just like sooner or later quit hanging out with us <laughs> people hang out with you <laughs> good point good point um but i mean annie is such a i feel like annie and butchie mm-hmm. are characters i want to see way more of in this movie yeah oh yeah like, i don't need to see chico show me butchie show me annie yeah tell me more about them well it's just henry winkler like it's just magnetic such a he's such yeah. a lovable guy yeah uh, yeah and Even when he's being a smart ass, you just want to pinch his cheek. Yeah, like, you little guy. Uh-huh. So yeah, so we get yeah, it is it is entertaining seeing the the quote bad girls, uh, kind of bully the good girls, who are literally just walking down the street. Yeah, and and got catcalled by the lords. It's not like you know they were like. It's, it's not, not like, like they, they were, were looking for it. Yeah, they were, they weren't like egging the lords on or anything. They were just walking by, and little did they know they would not only be like assaulted verbally, and then but then like intimidated by these like other women for doing nothing really. But you know, it was the fifties, different times. Uh, and 
from there we we get to see wimpy playing pool another character that we don't really see a lot of other than like this scene yeah like, like we said earlier every character um gets their own scenes but really uh butchie and wimpy only get one scene to themselves each um in this one uh he you know he's he's alone playing pool when uh well you go ahead and describe it so he's playing pool, putting a deuce in the caboose and Trey the same way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's some um, homoerotic tension in this scene. Um, and it's not really touched on anywhere else in the movie, but there's something going on here. It's very interesting because this other guy comes over and they're, you know, trying to, you know, like, it's like a get to know each other type scene. But yeah, he, you know, he's putting... At one point, he does say, I'm going to put a deuce in the caboose. And uh, yeah, until the other lords show up, it's it's almost like a romantic scene between Wimpy and this other guy, which and Moose Mambo. Yeah, Moose Mambo is his name. Mambo and Moose is his game. Um, so we find out Moose used to be a member of a of a social athletic club called the Jays from Avenue J. Yeah. Uh, geniuses in their own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they disbanded, uh, and now he goes by Mambo. Yeah. So, do you get to switch your nickname? Like when? I mean, I guess I tried to at the beginning of this podcast. I decided I'm going to go by Chico from here on out. Yeah. But I mean, if you're in a gang, and then you have to, you know, leave that gang or join another gang, do you have to change your name? Is that what you're asking? That's a, yeah. That's my question. Well, listeners, write in if you're a gang member. Um, let us know. Uh, sadly, all my contacts in the Bloods and Crips are dead. So uh, we don't really know about that. But let us know. Because, you know, maybe if we join a gang, we won't change our names. Uh, so, like you mentioned, the rest of the Lords show back up. And Stallone just starts intimidating this guy. Yeah. And also, like, um, most of Stallone's dialogue here is utter nonsense it is unintelligible yeah and um you know i i know you mentioned previously the uh off air that you had to put the subtitles on but i always watch movies with the subtitles on because i have bad hearing and i i at some point the subtitle person just gave up because like <laughs> i understand that they couldn't understand uh stallone but like at some point they just quit like they quit typing out his lines at some point but in this scene, he just says like nonsensical bullshit. Like it's it's, it's I, entertaining. I hate watching movies with the subtitles on, and I had to pause yeah. the movie to turn subtitles on. Uh, maybe it's because I can't read fast, and I have to stare at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just I had to have subtitles on, which helped. But then, like you said, they just I think they just make up their own sentences. Like they don't yeah. even they don't even attempt. They don't give up. They just. Well, we figure he'd probably say something like yeah, this, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and ends up just getting into like a physical argument with this guy because he's like Mambo, it, it, getting into a physical uh, yeah. Altercation I just wanted to say Mambo. Mambo. I, I just wanted to say Mambo. I wasn't like correcting you. If anybody's counting, that is the fifth time we've said Mambo. Mambo on the podcast. That might be the nickname I, I take. Mambo Turk. Sounds like a <laughs> warlord. Hey guys, welcome to Sly and the Guys. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Chico Pope. And I am Mambo Turk. 
number nine. Is this what Mambo number nine is about? There's a ninth one. <laughs> is he Mambo one? He's got to be. Yeah. I can't imagine there was a Mambo mm-hmm. Mambo year zero yes. or Mambo <laughs> Mambo Prime. Yeah, ma- Proto Mambo. That's fun to say. Proto Mambo. <laughs> uh, but like Stallone just starts threatening this guy's life, telling him he's gonna kill him over a pool game. Yeah, <laughs> the guy's like, "Hey, maybe one at a time, but not yeah, not all three at once." Once again, homoerotic tension. One at a the time, not all the... three at once. <laughs> the guy leaves, and then Stallone starts laughing, like, "Ha! We just give him shit. I like that guy. He seems pretty okay." Yeah. <laughs> Like he's not coming back. It doesn't matter if you like him or not. He, he's not coming back to this pool hall. Yeah. Were greasers just like bros? Were greasers the predecessors to bros? It seems that way. Yeah, it really does. Um, I don't know if there's any academic writing on that topic. Um, and, you know, I don't really know any greasers. I don't think there's many greasers around. I guess they're all in nursing homes. Listeners, if you're doing your uh, your doctoral thesis mm-hmm. on greasers, yeah, or if greasers, you, yeah, or if you are a greaser, <laughs> or if you are a greaser, drop us a line. Let yeah, us know. Let us know, please. What? How do you feel about bros? How do you feel about Butchy and Wimpy and the other dwarves from Snow White? <laughs> uh, so we find out the reason Chico's not at the 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 pool hall. Oh yes. Yeah. Because he's fooling around with Annie on the beach. Uh-huh. Chico the uh Chico the motorcycle riding. Mm-hmm. Just irredeemable asshole. Yeah. She thought he was gonna take her out somewhere nice. She got her like best dress on and all that stuff, but turns out they're just going down to the uh beach to do the devil's dance, if you get what I'm saying. Yep, they do uh they do the disco. They get on the beach, mm-hmm. do the hustle, the the uh, the horizontal hustle, as they call it. No pants dance. Yeah, there you go. And um, it's pretty good too because at one point, you know, when uh, let's say the train goes into the tunnel, uh, Annie Annie says, "This is what Fanny got pregnant by fairly not too long ago," and like. <laughs> Barely not too long ago is the line. <laughs> it's just a very interesting way to, to word that. But you know what? You know what, Annie, uh, played by Renee Paris, compared to Stallone, you're like Shakespeare in the words you say in this movie. Of course, you know, one of you does have an Oscar for screenwriting, right? <laughs> But the other one gets to say cool stuff like, oh, Chico, you made a mess. Yeah, you made a mess. Chico for being this this tough streetwise like Casanova is a two pump chump, <laughs> and then he just kind of lays there too. Like mm-hmm. she says, "You made a mess," and you can see like her face and everything. But I thought he was dead. I was like, "Did he have a heart attack and die?" This is, movie's going to get real tragic, <laughs> but um, it doesn't. Unfortunately, Chico doesn't die there. No. Uh, so they, uh, they get up and leave and she asks if he can take her to Wendy's. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take a wild guess. And I don't think that was, um, Dave Thomas's Wendy's. I don't think they have clams. 
or what, what did she i want some clam clams chop. on the half shell clam, yeah 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 and you thought like wendy's having chili was wild you know what i mean <laughs> it is wild yeah you remember in you remember in the nineties when the, um that person put a finger in their chili and like tried to claim that like Wendy served them finger chili? Do you remember no. that? Yeah, look it up. No. It's it's really funny because like I get like fast food restaurants are rough or can be rough, but like it's not like like a cook in the back was like whoops and like cut his finger <laughs> off and instead of like going to the emergency room or anything, just like kept working but didn't bother to look for his finger. <laughs> He just dipped his finger in fry grease to cauterize the wound. Yeah. <laughs> and just keep working. It's another day at Wendy's. But of course, like later, like the person that tried to do it, like, you know, claimed that she got the finger. It was like, no, she had the finger and she put it in. And it was like, where did you get a finger from? I can't remember how that story ends. I'll have to look it up later. Oh, man. So, I mean, if, you get, a, if, if you get a finger in the... If you get a finger in the chili at Wendy's, imagine what you get in the clams. <laughs> crabs, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a lot of crabs in this movie. I'm just not not sure which. <laughs> Anyways, next scene. So one of the things is uh, Chico rides two different motorcycles in this movie. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so he rides two different motorcycles in this movie. One of them is era appropriate and one of them is not. And the reason being, in between shooting one night, they parked it outside uh, the director's apartment in New York, and it got stolen. Was this in, did you find this in the goof section at IMDb? Uh, I found the goof section that the motorcycle was too new to have been 1958, but in an interview with Harry King, it's like a 10-minute interview where all he does is talk about this movie. Yeah. He talks about that, like, he got mad, he was like, I was riding a chopper, and then, like, a different type of motorcycle and he's like everybody's gonna notice this and they were like no nobody's gonna notice and perry king's like sure enough nobody really notices but and, and the reason that we use two is because one of them got stolen during production yeah little did he know that the goof commission of imdb would quickly latch on to that small little mistake i want to make a correction earlier too listeners um stallone does not have an oscar i could have swore stallone had an oscar uh rocky has oh okay yeah but that goes to the producers i gotcha uh speaking of the producers of rocky uh the uh stallone says the one of the reasons that rocky got made is because this movie got made because stallone didn't have any like real footage of him acting anywhere um yeah you know that might be true it probably is true. I, I mean, I wouldn't show them Party at Kitty and Studs or Rebel, but uh, also Stallone says a lot of things. And well, one of the one of the stories about that whole story is when they showed the producers, the people that were going to produce Rocky, this movie. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's great. This guy's great." They thought uh, they thought Perry King was Sylvester Stallone. So they were really excited about casting Perry King as Rocky. And yeah, like, in that in the first version of Rocky, where he's just an irredeemable asshole, <laughs> the entire movie. But Stallone's like, no, he's blonde. He can't be Italian. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> That's the only thing that that would give it away. Hot, I tell blonde. you what, man. You know, now they they see you know the whitewashing of Hollywood. They were even doing it back then. Trying to get a blonde white person to play an Italian. 
Getting back to it, uh, Chico just decides that Annie's yesterday's news. Mm-hmm. I don't need her anymore. I already made a mess. I don't need to go back <laughs> to the scene of the crime. Yeah, I'm going to start working on my next girl. Mm-hmm. And that next girl is the new girl in class, Jane. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Goody two-shoes, Jane. So, so he calls her house and uses the alias Carl Erskine? Yeah. I didn't really get that either. Oh, he's a good alias. I'm going to start checking into hotels under Carl Erskine. Mm-hmm. Um, just to fit with my whole Chico motif. <laughs> yeah, you've gained like three names like in this podcast. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet so far. Uh, but but he, he ends up winning Jane over. They go out to a date on, uh, on Coney Island. Carl Erskine is a former right-handed starting pitcher in the MLB who played for these played his entire career for the Brooklyn and Los Angeles Dodgers from 48 through 59. So a little, um, you know, era appropriate reference there. Era appropriate reference, but also he's just being a dick to her dad. Yeah. Taylor Carl Erskine's calling. Like, yeah. yeah, Baseball pitchers calling your daughter. Yeah. Oh man. So they go on a date. It seems nice. He gets a goodbye kiss and he drops her off. Mm hmm. Simple enough. Oh yeah. We get to uh, get to one of the good scenes. One of the scenes I'm pretty sure Stallone wrote, which is Franny telling Stanley, she's got a baby mm-hmm. in her oven. And quote, the rubber band didn't work. Chris, what what, what was your interpretation of that? Uh, I mean, if I had to venture a guess, because I'm not well versed in female anatomy. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. I, I assume that Stanley being this working class, I, I gathered kind of a little bit of a poorer person, couldn't afford prophylactic, so maybe just got like a shopping bag or something and rubber banded it around his around his business. Yeah, yeah. Eh. I was maybe quite, to hold the raincoat on. I, you know, I, I thought it might be talking about a condom, but I looked it up and I couldn't find um, any any like slang term for a condom or any kind of you know anti-pregnancy device it's a rubber band but i'll show you what i did find chris i found 27 slang terms for condoms they include the word rubber throw them at me all right there's rubber charlie a pretty good Uh one Mm -hmm. burning rubber rubber boot squeak Mm -hmm. squeaky rubber rubber johnny that sounds like an instruction rubber friend (laughs) bad rubber burn rubber gnar rubber burnt rubber a lot of burning a lot of i don't know i want to associate that with rubber dog broken rubber which if you're gonna call it a broken rubber you know like don't put that one on yeah rubber made she'll clean up yeah. Rubber ducky, a solo rubber jack, <laughs> sucking rubbers, <laughs> tickling the rubber, <laughs> Indian rubber, hmm. rubber gum, rubber baby, rubber slap, rubber whack, 
<laughs> and of course, just rubber in itself. So, yeah, extensive so research. Them, yeah. One of them, uh, I remember, isn't there like a tongue twister rubber baby buggy bumper? I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That sounds right, though. You do a good job of it. So your tongue is clearly not twisted. Uh. <laughs> I like this scene because Stallone's playing this so aloof that he's like, there's no way I, I'm the dad. I'll kill whoever's whoever the dad is. Like, he's just, even though he knows he's the dad. Yeah, he just, it's like, like I'll kill whoever it is. It's, yeah, it's like cute type of flirting where, you know, your girlfriend tells you that uh, she's pregnant and you just proceed to try to break her mentally through words <laughs> and By sarcasm. that she's sleeping with other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. and that you love her so much, you yeah. don't care that she's pregnant, but you'll kill the guy that did sleep with her. Yeah, in a friendly way. And then say, you know, really sweet, reassuring things like, why ain't you pretty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a interesting relationship these two have. He's playful about it all, you know, but it's still like, she's, at, she's nearly crying, and he's just still like, <laughs> yeah, uh huh. And playing pool the entire time. <laughs> then she threatens to tell everybody at the bar or yeah. wherever they are, the mm -hmm. pool hall, that he cries when he comes. Yeah. And that's a and listen, uh, scriptwriters out there, if you're looking for a way to make your bad boy, tough and rough character a little more sensitive, a little more you know soft on the inside, have a character reveal that they cry when they come. Guaranteed. Just effect right there does it mean that he cries like during like as he's coming or is it like afterwards afterwards like he sobs like afterwards that like maybe he's sorry yeah i don't know but you know like they say like most of this was improvised so maybe um maybe the actress knew something about stallone that we don't well, but I mean, her her kind of jab worked because then he kind of starts talking to you, like, I'm not old enough to be a father. I don't want to be. Mm -hmm. She tells him that he's old enough to get her pregnant and old enough to join the army. Yeah, well, technically, I mean, you're old enough to get someone pregnant when you're like, I mean, some people, you know, young as nine or ten, I think. So that's what happened in the Bible. Um. Was that a thing in the 50s? Like, you get somebody pregnant and then just join the army? Yeah, that was. To, like, get away from it? Yeah. I think even before that, I think, like, you, I think people, like, in the 40s and stuff did that. Just, is the thought process just like, well, she's pregnant. She won't be able to find me if I'm stationed in Korea. Yeah, yeah. And then you can kind of come back and, like, you know, go somewhere else. Start over. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. No, note the self. <laughs> but, uh,. Then she tells him he, he uh, that she loves him, and he says like, "Oh well, if I if I marry you, I don't have to join the army." Like that's okay. Uh, she says, "I love you," and just like Harrison Ford in Star Wars, he he kind of just stares at her and then whiffs the pool ball, which I thought was really funny. Like he's trying to be slick. It's like I don't really love you. I was just saying it to be a prick, and then completely misses the pool ball. It made me laugh a lot. Yeah. What do you think? This movie in general uses this form of acting where people just stare at each other for a long time. And it's not like in like, you know, Westerns or anything where like they have like stare offs. But like it's almost like they were improvising and then like giving each other like time enough to like say something. 
that several times in the movie it just keeps going on and on where they're just like looking at each other and kind of smiling but like it goes nowhere so it starts that, that type of stuff starts here and shows up a couple more times we're gonna demonstrate that now <laughs> Well, I like how you asked me what did I think. I just went through like 28 nicknames for condoms. Oh, that is one interesting thing is they mentioned that the cinematographer, the person that was working the cameras was fresh off of working in porn. And so Perry King said that he had a tendency to shoot low mm-hmm. uh, in some of the scenes and that you'd have to duck to make sure your face was in the shot sometimes. Oh, wow. So, like, the scenes where Chico's, like, making out or they're, yeah. like, fooling around on the beach and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, the other interesting thing I found was that, so it was two directors that directed this movie. And Perry King says that Stallone mostly worked with Steve mm-hmm. and Perry worked with the other one. So I don't know if they just shot the two, like, the two separate storylines independently. But I, I couldn't know, find yeah. any more information on that. I thought that was really yeah. interesting way, of, like an A team and a B team, and you just keep the. Maybe they were worried that Stallone was going to punch Perry King too, so they just decided to keep Chico and and Stanley separate for most of the movie. Yeah, once again, more impressions that Stallone is kind of like this bully asshole on set, like <laughs> that now everyone else has to say nice things about him because he's Stallone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's just kind of like a rewriting of history. And it was like, oh man, Stallone was so good. Sometimes he just come up with scenes on his own. And it was just like, they were afraid to tell him no. He'd already got Richard Gear fired and like started this crippling rumor about him. Oh, Sly, if you're listening, drop us a line, clear up some of the rumors. Yeah. That's uh, the rumor. That's the rumor. Uh, flash forward. Uh, <clears throat> Chico goes to Jane's, meets her parents, and then tries to hook up with her on the couch. Yeah, while her little sister watches. Jane is pretty smart, though. She keeps dropping tests for Chico, and mm-hmm. Chico fails them every single time. Because he's an idiot. He is... Uh, I don't know if I could say it more, but an irredeemable asshole. They're getting ready to do it on the couch while uh-huh. her sister's in the other room. Mm-hmm. She stops him and asks, what color are my eyes? Her eyes are as blue as the sky on a cloudless summer afternoon. So I, I don't know how you couldn't miss that her eyes were blue, you know? Maybe like me, he's colorblind, but he says after a long pause, like he's really thinking about it. Yeah. And then he just gives her a throat purple. Purple. Maybe, like I mean, really, I thought it was an honest uh, answer. I think maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he is colorblind. What is that? What kind of colorblind is it where you see purple in the, instead of blue? It's clearly what Prince had. <laughs> but she's just trying to open up to him and be honest. Like, you just make me nervous sometimes. And him pissed Whoa. off that he just uh, got spurned. Yeah. Well, if I make you nervous, maybe I should leave. Uh-huh. And that he does. So he proves that he was only there to hook up with her. Mm-hmm. Make another tally on the asshole column. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franny and Annie go jewelry shopping. Oh, God, yeah. More Annie. More Annie and Franny. That's what this movie really needs. I would watch a spinoff movie, Annie and Franny. Yeah. Uh, they find a they find a uh, an engagement ring for Franny to get Stanley to buy for her. Found out it's sixteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you know, you can, I mean, what, what you can put on layaway though, you know, 
Seems like an R. You can put it on layaway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. $1,600 is $14,000 in 1958. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that, you know, clearly as two unmarried males, um, (laughs) got a surprise coming for you, Chris. Yeah. (laughs) But what I found interesting is the average salary in 1958 was $3,700. There's no way Stanley was making $3,700 a year as an 18 year old living at home with his parents. Yeah. Well, well I mean, what, what are you getting at here? I just, I think that Annie and Franny are setting themselves up for disappointment there. Well, how much do you think cars cost back then too? I don't know. Like a box of cracker jacks. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean like at the same time, like the engagement rings today are like $20,000. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't think much has changed. What's the average, like, salary today? It's going to be, like, 40-something, probably, 48, 53, something like that. True. Yeah. True. So, I mean, you know, welcome to the real world, Road Rules Challenge. I'm South. Oh, fuck. Sorry, wrong show. Welcome to the real world, Chris. <laughs> and your mambo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we speed up. Wimpy, Butchie, and Stanley play cards at a at a soda fountain soda place and chico shows up and he's pissed off yeah because he's Cause got he didn't burned. score uh-huh. he just got spurned yeah. uh chico gives stanley shit and starts inferring that franny's pregnant so then they just punch each other in the shoulder until they get into a real fight yeah they're, they're doing some kind of game i don't i couldn't find the rules of this game but it seems to be like Trading hits. Trading hits. Uh, maybe until someone like has to stop. But what do you think a bunch of like to t- testosterone like filled young males? Like where else is that game going to end except for just like a real fight? And sure enough, real fight. Mm-hmm. But they squash it pretty easily, pretty quickly. Stanley says, "Ah, that one stung." Yeah, and they go back to to being. Uh, Drinking, drinking some egg creams. What are egg creams? Egg creams are like, um, it's like seltzer water, milk, and syrup. So it's like kind of an alternative to a milkshake or something. Mm. They were popular in soda fountains back in the day. Gotcha. Well, Eddie keeps making those egg creams that keeps bringing everybody back. Yeah. Uh, maybe, that, maybe that's where Stallone later got the idea to drink uh, egg uh, yolks in uh, Rocky, right? All the more just laying the foundation mm-hmm. yeah. for Rocky. Uh, <clears throat> Annie and Franny, of course, great. Chico just ignores Annie entirely, doesn't even look at her. And she's like, when are you going to call me again? Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, when I get bored. Yeah. Uh, it's not a lot to say. There's a lot to say. We're an hour into this. Um, Jane leaves school the next day and hops into a car with a different guy. Uh-oh. I think it's a football jock, too. The He's wearing a Letterman jacket. The natural enemy of the greaser. So, naturally, the rest of the lords get an idea. Uh-huh. Not anything like, hey, maybe we should go up to Jane and talk about what a good guy chico is no 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 they let's say, go steal a car yeah because uh wimpy's like i can steal any car ever made i'm real good at this 
Guess what? He's really not. <laughs> None of them are. None of them are. Later, they go and steal a car, and they get in there, and, and Wimpy says, like, I saw it in a movie once. I was pretty sure I could do it. And it's like, what, you idiot? Like, have you seen a... What else have you seen? You know, like... It's a heart surgery on TV once. I'm <laughs> pretty it sure I can do it. Yeah, but thank God someone's left the keys in this car. So, <laughs> luckily, the, the car thievery scene... Uh, which they interrupt midway through the getaway because they decide one of them can't drive good enough. So they yeah. do like a little switcheroo. Uh-huh. And... Just a bunch of knuckleheads still in a car, you know, bunch of damn greasers. <laughs> so greaser nowadays sounds like just, I think a little, I think it is a little racist. But I don't think anyone's gonna get offended if we're like you bunch of greasers. We can only hope. I mean, does that mean Greece is racist? I assume anything made before like yeah, good point. Five years from now is racist. Anyways, a bunch of knuckle. Okay, I'm sorry. Just a bunch of knuckleheads. (laughs) This guy. This guy watches him steal steal a car. And, like, he doesn't really care enough to stop him, but he's also, like, in shock of how stupid these people are. He's just, like, looking at them in amazement, like, these idiots. They they could have gotten away and stopped five feet away from the exit. Yeah. To all get out of their car to make sure I can see all their faces <laughs> so they can report them to the cops. So, so Chico now has a car to take Jane to the drive-in to um to get lucky. You know, the original Netflix and chill. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't really happen. So, um, which you know, at this point they're like about. It looks like they're about to do it. Maybe right. Yeah, just about. I mean, he 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 woos her with lines like, uh, "Hey, your eyes aren't purple; they're blue." Yeah, hard 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 to tell what's sincere. it's hard to tell what's sincere until the girl starts crying during sex. Then it's like. <laughs> but again, she lobs him softballs. Did you miss me? And he's like, yeah, I guess. Not really, no. So, you know, what What happens, uh, you know, naturally in story progression, the, the rest of the lords are singing doo-wop at the soda fountain. Yeah. As you did, I guess. I guess if you were going to be a greaser, you also had to do some doo-wop. That was part of the deal you made with God, I guess. Was that like they couldn't afford instruments, so they decided we're just going to be an acapella group? Uh, well, I mean, that stuff was popular back then, you know? Yeah. Um, everybody gets bored and leaves, and, and, and our good pal Butchie gets some words of wisdom from the from the bartender. Yeah. The sage. Mm-hmm. So this is where Butchie starts to get his little scene. His one scene that uh, allows him some, you know, character development um, over, you know, the lovable asshole of the in the uh, unlovable asshole. Uh, so it's revealed that Butchie is pretty smart, you know, well, compared to those other idiots, of course. But and the uh, guy running the egg cream soda fountain place, he's like, you know what? You. <sighs> you're too smart to be hanging around with those folks. Pretty much is what he says, you know? Yeah. Kind of, kind of infers that, you know, you're, you're goodwill hunting here. You're, you're way too smart to be hanging out with Ben Affleck and, and, and Casey Affleck and the rest of the Afflecks. You need to 
go do math somewhere else, mm-hmm. Butchie. Yeah. And Butchie, you know, I think kind of takes it to the heart, but also has to keep up that like tough guy uh, appearance, you know? And it's just like, fine, I'll go home and draw you a masterpiece or something. <laughs> which which to, up until this point, you don't really know that he draws or anything. So it's just like, that's a strange term to use, but you know. My whole life has changed thanks to your words of wisdom. And then on his way out, he's like, hey, Eddie. Yeah. Good night. Mm-hmm. So he does. I think you're right. I think he does take it to heart and he yeah. is going to change. Because the next scene is, is Chico showing up to, to Butchie's house. Yeah. And and they're both kind of sour about different things, but neither one of them really wants to talk. No, this is another one of those acting scenes where they just stare at each other and like do different facial expressions. But Henry Winkler comes in. He's like, well, if you don't have anything to say, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to end the scene right now. Yeah. He's had enough of this. He's like, <laughs> and uh, that's what happens, really. Nothing to say. I can go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So he wants him to help him dump the car. But he's like, we'll do that tomorrow. I'm going to bed. And good for Butchie standing up to that asshole Chico. Someone needs to. So the next scene is probably the best scene of the whole movie is when Stanley, Annie and Franny go back to the jewelry shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stallone says wonderful things like I've got a ring for you around my bathtub. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. This character does think he's so funny. So funny. Uh, so uh, Annie tells Stanley that she's not going to let Stanley marry her girlfriend unless he gets her a good ring. And uh, Stallone somehow works out a deal to get this ring for 10 days on rental? Like a loan ring? No, I think he's just an idiot. Like, I think he just, he says, hey, you got any of those rings in the back that you can just borrow for 10 days? Was that a thing? Why was it a that, thing? Why was that a thing? <laughs> I don't <the> only <laughs> See, you interpreted that he was trying to get that ring for 10 days. No, he was like, you got anything in the back I can just have for 10 days? <laughs> but they, they, they tied the ring on her finger and then she like he's like hey take that ring outside look at it in the dark see if it cuts glass yeah later but bef- this is like before it starts i mean this is before all that when he's like literally like thinks he might have like a rental ring in the in the back which maybe that was something like maybe that's like you know if you really don't know if this marriage is gonna or engagement is gonna last for t- more than 10 days you know like ah, eh, let me just get the the rental version take it out for a test drive yeah uh-huh then I wasn't sure if this was like him shaking the place down, like, yeah, we're just going to take it for 10 days, wink, I'm going to pay you 10%, wink. No, I, th- like, I think you just misinterpreted that scene, which is mm. understandable because he, his muttering is out of control. <laughs> I do like that he threatens the jewelry shop owner by saying, uh, you're going to have a tombstone, and your tombstone's going to say, I was dumb enough to show Franny mm-hmm. a $1,600 ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he threatens to kill this guy. Yeah, because he's he's had to sell Stallone a ring, like it's his fault, you know. Like really, like this is a real like you know Italian, um, um, Italian American like uh, soap opera scene where they're just screaming at each other in this jewelry store, you know. What you call I don't want to marry you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back and forth, and this, and the, but honestly, if if this jewelry guy store owner worker whatever no he's the son they say he's the owner's son mm-hmm. if he's really you know working in this neighborhood he's probably used to it but point is she gets the ring and all is forgiven they're getting married 
and uh, Annie and Franny are real happy well, about it. Yeah, he's finally accepted. The pregnancy is his, mm-hmm. and then he needs to man up and not join the army. Yeah, man up and not join the army. Uh, Chico and Jane clearly are on the outs. Chico yeah. drives by her house and sees her getting dropped off by the football guy again. Mm. So, and what does angry. he do? Is does he? Does he accept that Jane's moved on and go out to try and find a, another piece of hot booty? No, he goes home and journals his feelings. No, no, no. <laughs> I doubt Chico can probably read or write. But um, he goes and spoils the engagement celebration. Yeah, mm-hmm. and tells them, "Hey, we're gonna go pick a fight with the whole football team. Come on, I need all you guys." Did you see that great motion of Henry Winkler like pretending to have like a diamond inspector to like look at the ring? <laughs> The Stanley bought. <laughs> that's that's so great. That's the best part of the movie. He's just like, wow. <laughs> Ooh, look at this. How many carrots? Yeah. So uh, these four knuckleheads decide the thing to do is go start a fight with a football player at the football field in front of like the you know football locker room area. You know, like there's four of you against an entire football team. How did you think like this was gonna like work out? You guys all have like motorcycles. You've stolen a car. You guys decide to just march the whole way there. Yeah, you barely stole a car. Like you, <laughs> you had to, you had to use the keys. So they go. They use outdated. You homo fairies dancing in there. Yeah. Uh huh. And then comes my favorite part of any Stallone film so far. That's right, gentle listeners. There's some tussling. That's right. We still can't learn how to fight. But we can sure as hell tussle in these films. Um, there's a little bit of tussling on the ground. Did you notice in these tussles, Stallone has a football helmet in both hands and he's just twirling wildly, like trying to hit people with football helmets? <laughs> like some kind of like video game, like action move or something like special. Like, oh, I've got the football helmet twirling special. <laughs> It was so funny to me. I had to pause the movie just to enjoy that. We're still just swinging football helmets wildly. So uh, the Lords realize they're greatly outnumbered. So they they uh, they get the heck out of there. But the football team is in pursuit. What happens, Sal? They hop fences. They're getting away. I think they're going to get away. And Butchie gets hit by a damn car. And like right then he screams my leg, but like you don't really know what happened. You're like, is Butchie dead? But also the football team team stops their pursuit and yeah. kind of just stares. Like yeah. they're not upset anymore. Uh, it was a different day and period. You know they they might want to fight these guys, but they don't want anyone to die. You know they got their just desserts. He broke his leg. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, what was it? Yeah. Once again, it's not really revealed that he, it's just his leg. You know, like because um, we don't see him on the ground or anything. We yeah. just see the car. We see him fall over, yeah. and then just have reaction shots of everybody. Yeah, and like we don't go to the hospital or anything because uh, remember, listeners, uh, Butchie's already had his one scene, so we can't really do another. And and we we explain that away by Chico just saying he visited, and Stallone saying, yeah. The next, visit. the next scene up in um, Stanley's pigeon houses, which is something not really ever uh, mentioned before. So it is kind of jarring to like learn that all of a sudden 
Stanley has pigeon houses and like talks to him and like one day you're going to grow up and be a bald eagle. And it makes you wonder if <laughs> that Stanley thinks pigeons are like Pokemon or something. <laughs> that was my exact thought process. Yeah, uh-huh. It is kind of disturbing, but, um, but think- Stanley's got a heart of gold. He takes care yeah, of pigeons. That's true. Yeah. Chico shows up. Stanley's like literally sitting in the pigeon coop. Yeah. With, with his pigeons. It, this scene, it very much feels Stallone definitely wrote this scene because he talks exactly the same way that he talks in Rocky. Yeah. In the scene. Yeah. It's a very like, I don't know, was, were they trying to be like super artistic with it or was this where they just decide like, hey, Stanley hasn't really been a nice guy this whole movie, so let's make him seem like he's got a heart of gold with this one scene? Well, no, I don't think it's just that one scene. I think like over from the start of the movie to the end of the movie that he does have character development. I think like in several scenes, he's, you know, if it's buying the ring, he's kind of he's starting to lighten up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially in comparison with... um Chico, who never changes, is an asshole in the beginning, is an asshole in the end, and doesn't, you know, nothing, doesn't really get anything, you know? Like, um, where Stallone kind of, or Stanley kind of uh, takes responsibility and grows a little bit, you know, starts to become a a real man. Because So, yeah, and uh, I think it's appropriate, too. The scene is a little rough, but um, it's really two people one that would become a very famous actor and one that would kind of remain an actor, but never really go too far um, because Stallone really shoots, I mean, shoots for the stars for this scene. Like he's doing his best. I think Tarantino called it a Brando esque scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like he's trying to do Brando trying to do, you know, on the waterfront or whatever, like uh, just really goes all out about like how he thinks, you know, outside of this town because he imagines maps and like, you know, he likes looking at maps because he can go different places and uh, where Chico, all Chico sees is just chicken or pigeon shit. So you really, really get the climax of this movie is uh, the main difference between Chico and Stanley, which then kind of makes sense, which then kind of makes the choice to focus on the two characters you know, make more sense because you yeah. probably, because you know, you probably couldn't do that um, with, with Butchie and uh, Wimpy and not end well, up with like a three hour movie, which, you know. Well, and I think that, that this scene is why going back, watching it a second time. Yeah. The movie's better for me. was better the second time through because mm-hmm. uh, he's talking about, you know, and basically imagining he's a bird. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to go these places because he can imagine these places. Yeah. I have imagination and, and all Chico can see is what's right there in front mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. Um, Great scene. Really not, not the best scene in um, uh, technique maybe, but like it's a, it's a really important scene in the movie. And also some more career foreshadowing here. Uh, when Chico enters this scene, he, you know, playfully calls Stanley Rocky Marci- Marciano, the, um, you know, legendary boxer of that time, the, you know, world champion, retired, uh, undefeated. So uh, lots of uh, lots of cookie trails or what do you call them to uh, to get to the uh, later career of Stallone? It's funny that we mentioned a lot of like later careers uh, in movies because uh, Henry Winkler says that like font when working on Fonzie, he really was just whatever Stallone was doing and Lords of Flatbush was kind of the basis for Fonzie. Yeah. 
which I guess, I don't know. I guess I haven't watched enough happy days. Um, which, which season do they join Weezer? <laughs> what? I've never watched happy days. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I'm missing your jokes left and right. I know. There's, I there's a Weezer back. video where they recreate um, the Happy Days set for it's called Buddy Holly. Listener, I'm, I'm, listeners will get it. I'm letting you down. Anyways, then we go to the Italian wedding of Stanley, which is shot <laughs> like a low budget version of the wedding at the beginning of The Godfather, which is very interesting. Or maybe I'm just racist against Italians, but that's what it looked like to me. Same music, same dancing, you know. I guess less gangsters. But good news, Butchie's okay. Yeah, Butchie is in fact dancing on his crutches. Pretty impressive, if you ask me. Uh, Wimpy is the best man. Yeah. Wimpy is uh-huh. the, the least covered character in the movie is Stallone's yes man and his best man. Mm-hmm. And you actually meet uh, Stanley's uh, father, too, in this scene, which is very interesting that... Um, they didn't bring him in earlier since this movie really is about, you know, masculinity and stuff like the fathers are largely um, not there until this scene. So uh, I do appreciate that in this like day and age that we have where people give like these really long winded best man speeches or like dances or performances and stuff. Wimpy's best man toast is just I want you both to have a good, happy life. Salute. Yep. Straight, so straight in the point. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone needs, really. <laughs> so, anyways, great wedding you look like, and um, it's the end of the movie. Uh, we get one of my favorite parts of movies that has largely been abandoned. Abandoned. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you: Is this a trend in older movies? Um, I yeah, I guess so. You don't you don't see it a lot because it's kind of goofy. But like you know, we then see like freeze frames of moments from the movie. Over to like you the movie you just saw, yeah. Over like music that's pretty much like those were the days, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so we get a whole slideshow, yeah, through to like uh, to remind you of like everything that happened in the movie, and you know that's what this movie's about, really, is memories and nostalgia, and so it's fitting. Uh, South, do we have any questions coming for this movie? Once again, no, we had no, no questions. Question. No questions. <sighs> Yeah, so the are letting us down. They are letting yeah. us down, yeah. Here at Sly and the Guys Movie Podcast, uh, we have three ratings. We have direct-to-video, theatrical release, and Criterion Collection release. Chris, where would you put this movie? Uh, I kind of want to give it two different two different ratings, because on my first viewing, I thought uh, direct-to-video, because I just didn't like it. Second time watching through, I would go see it in theaters. I don't know if it's Criterion Collection, but I, I think theaters for me. Uh, I'm going to go Criterion Collection because I've seen worse in, in Criterion. Um, and I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting slice of life type film, you know, and Happy Days and um, American Graffiti very much show a more romantic, happy side of uh, mm-hmm. that 50s culture and everything. Yeah. Where this one is kind of more, it, it, it goes into some darker areas, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe not as well as those other ones that everyone knows, but uh, I think it's interesting enough to uh, be included in something like the Criterion Collection. I know that, uh, you know, PG-13 wasn't around in 1974, but a lot of sex scenes for a PG movie. 
A lot of implied sex. Yeah, you don't really see anything, though. Yeah, I guess I just had a sheltered childhood. No, it would take uh, it would take taking a man's heart out of his chest to get a PG-13 rating. Years later in Temple of Doom. Um, but yeah, so American Graffiti, Harrison Ford, yeah. Indiana Jones, uh-huh. the podcast came full circle. Boba Fett. Um, Cause is it, yeah, isn't like Harrison Ford's like his car on that or something. Isn't like the license, the tag is like B Fett or something or Boba or it's, there's some reference to Boba Fett or I guess Boba Fett's a reference to the car in American graffiti. Mm, I might be wrong about that. I don't know. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. George Lucas, write us in. Tell us if that was, (laughs) go ahead. Uh, I think uh, having watched this movie, it has piqued my interest. I might go back and rewatch uh, American Graffiti just to see what uh, what they do better and what they do worse. What 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 West Coast has, mm-hmm. you know, what Death Row has over oh, yeah. Bad Boy. Yeah. Well, uh, Suge Knight's in jail, and uh, he did. He's not. So um, later, this movie would inspire a television show. That had six episodes called Flatbush about a similar gang of four greasers. Um, wasn't very successful, though, which is why, um, well, you know, lots of modern audiences probably haven't heard of the movie in itself. And really, no one else has heard of the television show. But there were plans for a sequel. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, this movie was sold to Columbia. It was who released it nationwide and uh, made quite a bit of money. Um, I think like an industry trade said it made four million, but like one of the producers said it made sixteen million. So on the, I think the budget was three hundred eighty thousand dollars. So it really didn't make a killing. Um, yeah. So um, and I and I guess really brought Stallone and Winkler, who uh, I think the same year would show up in Happy Days to the national spotlight. But it was so successful, they planned to do a uh, sequel called Flatbush Abroad, uh, where uh, Stanley and uh, Franny would uh, go go on a vacation after they went a trip to Europe uh, that they went on the game show. Let's make a deal. That sounds like it sounds great- it sounds like something I, I made up, but <laughs> that's that was the plan at one time. So. I would hope they would win a trip for four and maybe Bucky <laughs> and Annie would come with them. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Uh-huh. And Chico's like hiding in like the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the lower docks of the boat they're on or something, you know, <laughs> like, maybe Chico sells his motorcycle because he's angry that he wasn't, uh, wasn't invited. So he's going to book the trip himself and then just like stalk them the whole time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then just starts murdering people. Maybe that sequel would be a slasher film. Yeah, or just a murder mystery on a boat. I know you love those. <laughs> I do love murder mystery. Yeah, you do. So that's what I'm saying. It's perfect. I can never figure it out. I can never figure out who the who the killers are. I'm going to say this right now. I mean, Stallone has been revisiting older characters. It might not be too late for a, a Flatbush Abroad, really. I don't... Um... I don't know if Renee, I don't know, uh, Maria Smith is still acting, who played Franny, but, you know. So, you know, Sly, if you're listening, what what's the deal, dude? Instead of just re-editing Rocky movies, get on this, write a script. 
don't sue us. We love you. I do. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love you. Uh, yeah, I don't think we could do this podcast if we didn't love you in some way. So, Well, Chris, whew, it's good to have done a movie that is... That was an actual movie. That was an actual movie. You're right. What uh, What's next on our schedule? Uh, up next, we got Capone, the Ooh. 1975 story of the rise and fall of Chicago gangster Al Capone. Nice. Uh, interestingly enough, uh-huh. Jane from this movie uh-huh. is the first female lead in Capone. Wow. So we're, we're teaming back up with Susan Blakely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have Sylvester Stallone playing Frank Nitty. Uh, so yes, yeah, so okay. So start, so. yeah, starting to see some uh, reoccurring faces. It sounds like it's exciting. One thing we didn't mention is Armand DeSanti was in the, the wedding crowd at, uh, the Lords of Flatbush. Oh, really? That's his first screen credit. Uh-huh. Later famous for... Uh... I don't Judge know. Dredd. Oh, okay. I don't know who he is. So I was just trying to lead you into that one. Woo, <laughs> 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 oh, boy. All right. Well, Capone, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. If it's half as good as this movie... Yeah. And... It'll still be a billion times better than the first two. Yeah, I am sad so. that this movie had a severe lack of Stallone frolicking. You know, like the other movies, Stallone had some good moments of just running around, frolicking around. So uh, that's missed a little bit in this, to be honest with you. We got some, yeah, I got hope. some tussling, got some frolicking. Also, this movie was uh, re-released after the success of Rocky. So it's amazing that they dug up everything they could after Rocky that involves Stallone. We're like, might as well put it back in theaters. I mean, we're talking about it today. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, movies were released, re-released a lot more back in the day because, you know, home, home, uh, media didn't exist. So, all right, Chris. Well, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Chris, where they, where can they find us? Uh, you guys can find us anywhere. There's thatsbush.com. Yeah, I think yeah. I keep forgetting to mention that one. Oh, you got us on, on Instagram at Bush League Comedy. You mm-hmm. got us on Facebook, Bush League Comedy. Yeah. yeah. Twitter, you guessed it, at Bush mm-hmm. League Com. Yeah. Um, Angelfire.com. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. No. Yeah. Uh, MySpace.com no, slash no, no, Bush no, League no, Comedy. No, no, no. The FBI, FBI uh, took that one, so... Uh, Stallone notice me.com yeah. slash forums. I'm uh-huh. at Stallone lover 42. 42, yeah. All right. Well, I'm self. I'm Chico. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. Well, uh, I'm Mambo number 10 Turk. And I'm Christopher Chico Tyrell Pope third and uh, that's it for another episode of the sly and the guys movie podcast and uh we'll see you next time thanks for listening bye bye
Hey kids, the next song is dedicated to Butchie, Chico, Whippy, Stanley, Franny, and Annie, the stars of the new movie, The Lords of Flatbush. Do, 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 do. The Lords of Flatbush is a movie do, 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 do. about how life was in the 50s. A black leather jacket, a rumble or two, and a Oh, it's something to see. Do, 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 do. It's full of memories for you and for me. A DA, a spit curl, a flat top or two, and a girl. Do, 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 do. Cotton school, playing pool, stealing a car, record hops, bobby socks. Padded bra, making out, breaking out, and then one day, getting your girl to go all the way. The Lords of Flatbush is a movie, of course, and let me tell you, man, it's really boring. 